And I, at the same time, I was the permanent secretary of the Office of Public Service and Science, uh, OFPIS, as it was affectionately <laughs> known, in the Cabinet Office. And, um, and then I went on to be a permanent secretary of a number of uh, major departments. When I left the civil service, actually, I became chairman of the Defence Science and Technology Laboratory of Novichok fame. Uh, and so I saw for a while the value of agencies from the other direction. Now, as the second Next Steps project manager, I actually took over from Peter Kemp in somewhat difficult circumstances uh, because he had effectively been asked to step down from his permanent secretary role. And because there was not another permanent secretary role for him to take on, he left uh, the civil service. So there was a, essentially there was a suspicion that uh, the great reformer had been eased out to be replaced by a standard sort of policy Mandarin, um, not a title I've often earned, but there you go, and that the zeal for next steps uh, would disappear uh, with Peter's uh, demise. And as I'm going to explain, that didn't actually happen. But I think there was also a related risk that the government's reform program had moved on and the exciting agenda now potentially related to other reform initiatives. Some, some of you in the room might remember these. Uh, the Citizens Charter, Competing for Quality. And then in, from sort of 1993 onwards, uh, the sort of reinventing government uh, movement, Osborne and Gabler, all that stuff. Other people suspected that the agency process was really a hidden way in which moving towards, or a not so hidden way, in which moving these functions towards privatization. So the trade unions, for instance, were very, very cautious about some of all of this. Now, actually, the loss of momentum that uh, was feared um, didn't happen. I'll pick out just a few numbers, so that, and they're slightly different from Kate's because uh, we had because we had a we had a system where we um, we measured coverage in terms of agency creation and bodies operating on next steps lines. And these bodies operating on next steps lines with the revenue and customs, uh, which sort of operated on next steps lines, but they weren't really agencies. If you take them out, the numbers go roughly like this. Um, and th there's a purpose in just giving you these because I'm then going to sort of pick out what they mean. In 1992, picking up from what Kate was saying, uh, at the end of the time that Peter Kemp had been the project manager, there were 66 agencies, and they covered 35% of the civil service, excluding the customs and excise, which were in Kate's figures. When I left in 1995 and went on to other things, there were 94 agencies covering 51% of the civil service, and again, there were more in the pipeline. The number of agencies peaked in 1998 at 112, covering 60% of the civil service. And according to my count, and th these numbers are all mine, so they could all be wrong, there are currently 42 agencies covering 26% of the civil service. So here we have a process of going up and then coming down and sort of plateauing out. Now, why did we maintain momentum uh, after uh, Peter Kemp leaving and also the switch to other um, reform programs. One of them, I think, is the intrinsic merit of what was being proposed as Kate has sketched it out. This was a set of proposals that made obvious sense and were therefore really quite difficult, really quite easy to persuade people of the merits of them. And they were well presented, as she uh, explained. Secondly, we had a properly resourced 
um, project team which uh, had very talented staff. Uh, and this project team, in the time I was there, was full of excellent people, a number of them civil servants, some of them have been brought in on secondment from elsewhere. And we spent a lot of time on what is now a thing called stakeholder engagement. I, I didn't really know it was called that then. I thought it was sort of talking to people and persuading <laughs> them, but that's what we were doing. Thirdly, uh, we had support, really important support, from the head of the Home Civil Service, Robin Butler, who is here, uh, and also from the Permanent Secretary of the Treasury, Terry Burns. So uh, I was in a position which was rather different to the one that Kate describes, where I had absolutely to carry both Robin and Terry with me, but that wasn't a difficult, a really difficult thing to do. And then lastly, I had a direct reporting line to the Prime Minister. And this was really important. Because although all these permanent secretaries were supposed to be very enthusiastic about this process, as, as um, Kate described, some of them were less enthusiastic about actually bringing it to the point of implementation in relation to anything they thought was important. And I would sort of explain to them, well, I had this problem. You know, in, I quite understood all their concerns, but I had this small problem. Firstly, I had to report to Robin Butler. And he was the head of the civil service. And I thought they reported to him. And he might not be too pleased. But secondly, every quarter, I had to send a report to the Prime Minister. And did they want my report to the Prime Minister really to show them up in a bad light? Now, obviously, I only did this on occasion when necessary. I did actually send these reports to the Prime Minister. I never had a reply from the Prime Minister. Uh, I think by then, his, his enthusiasm for this was, well, he was still enthusiastic about it, actually, but he was busy on other things, including other reform programs. It didn't matter. Psychologically, the fact that I had this direct reporting line to the Prime Minister uh, kept some of the, um, I think they're mainly lads, in line. So then we might ask, so since this is so self-evidently a good idea, why over time has the momentum for it been lost and the number of agencies declined? So I've got about sort of five, in three or four minutes, I'm going to do 20 years of administrative history. Now, that's not a problem for me, obviously. Now, um, I think firstly there was an issue around branding. So it was a very good idea to have a report that was called Next Steps, I think. It was then possibly a good idea to have agencies called Next Steps Agencies, possibly. But this sort of uncomfortable feeling, what happens to a Next Steps Agency and why is it a Next Steps Agency? So I think there was that issue. And also there was the important issue that if something's called a Next Step, it's a step, and the steps going beyond it. So the interesting question was, what are the steps beyond this, and do they include all these agencies, or some of them? So in some ways, it turned out to be, the, the branding turned out to make the concept slightly difficult to sell. Secondly, there's a fantastic problem in government of not invented here. So new ministers, civil servants who come to the top later, and so on and so forth, they're attracted by the new. And just as people are getting the point of most civil service reforms, new ones are introduced in, in my long experience. Often, we then have to redo the whole process. Now, what I think is really interesting about Next Step, slightly counter to my previous point, is it's not, it's extraordinary in a way that so many agencies still exist, given the way in which the civil service goes about administrative reform. But nevertheless, there was the problem 
it wasn't new, it wasn't exciting, it wasn't the next thing. Then thirdly, I think there was an issue around what I might call the extreme version of the next step's vision. Because the extreme version of the next step's vision sometimes seemed to imply that agencies were essentially organizations which had a lot of autonomy, largely sort of floating free from the centers of departments. And the centers of departments were full of people who really were the most appalling sort of mandarins. And this was a way of breaking free from their control. And I don't think that that was actually a particularly helpful way of thinking about things. And secondly, obviously there had been a, an overemphasis on policy in the way in which the civil service had operated, as Kate was explaining, and an overemphasis on uh, policy civil servants. But I think as next steps really got going, there was a bit of a risk that this whole process got inverted so that the executive side of things became paramount and the policy side of things was being subordinated. Now, actually, the real challenge for the civil service, which still exists, is to develop policies which are implementable. And that actually requires, logically, quite a close relationship between the people who are the policy developers and the people who are the deliverers. And what we needed was a vision of, and this was not in any way incompatible with the Next Steps report, what we needed was a vision of how that would uh, work. Then fourthly, I think there's a trade-off, obviously, between clarifying accountability and the benefits from delegation, which are, I think, quite clear, versus the desire for control and the desire to avoid the risks from fragmentation. And alongside the sort of substantive issues about that, which, on which there's a huge literature, there are sort of presentational issues and political issues. So when a delivery problem arises, there can be a temptation to blame the chief executive and, on occasion, to abolish the agency to show decisive action. <laughs> I won't give you any examples. Uh, the passport agency might be quite an interesting one. And then lastly, I think there is, in the last sort of eight years, there is a very important question around the impact of austerity and budget cuts. Now, one response to the budget cuts the departments have faced, and one quite sensible response, which would you know, be a standard response, is to cut uh, overheads, cut management overheads in particular, and to look at the additional costs of agencies in terms of how each maintains their own support functions, finance, HR, commercial, marketing, PR. This was part of the vision that they could go out and do their own things, so to speak. The additional cost of all of that duplication of essentially support functions. And so the classic case of this is the Department for Work and Pensions. If you look at the Department for Work and Pensions, it was the flagship, really, of the agency process. Uh, Kate mentioned the Department of Employment. If you look now, the Department for Work and Pensions has no agencies. And the reason it has no agencies is because the then Permanent Secretary concluded that the overhead and other costs in management terms uh, outweighed the benefits and they were all abolished. Now, does this matter? Does it matter that we've moved to a different uh, position? In some ways, you could argue that actually the underlying philosophy of Next Steps sort of captured the castle. It took over the whole civil service. 
So permanent secretaries are now appointed by competition, which was a great next steps thing. No, no, it was chief executives that were appointed by competition. No, no, but the point, the point is, the point, I, I agree, but you know, the point about appointing people by competition has now been generalized, so to speak. There is potentially a strong focus on performance uh, in departments. There is resource accounting, which was pioneered in the creation of agencies. There is sort of better reporting in annual accounts, although nothing like to the standard uh, that agencies set. And there are other sort of process things like pay delegation. So you can see for those departments that have tried to move away from agencies, they, they can sort of argue, well, we're doing most of the things which uh, an agencies would do, but we've just got lower transaction costs. So does it matter? Now, in my view, it does matter, because I think that what we're losing by losing uh, this focus on agencies is two things, really. A very strong focus on accountability and clarity over accountability, and a very strong focus on transparency over what is expected in return for what. And when this is all generalized up to departmental level, some of those benefits, I think, are being lost. Thank you. Thank you very much, Richard. Um, Andrew. Oh, thank you.